Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Powered by Rival Digital. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders and become equipped with the tools and knowledge you need to build a world-class business. Now, here's your host, Eric Thomas. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Thomas. I'm the host of the show. Uh, we're coming to you today from uh, my spare bedroom because we, if you're listening to this today, then it's it's Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So as you know, uh, turkey cook turkey cooking time is upon us and uh, I currently have a turkey in the oven. So couldn't really leave the house today. So we're recording it in the home, but as long as I've got a microphone and, and a good guest then I can record anywhere, isn't that right, Josh? That's absolutely right. And I'm in my spare bedroom. So this is just, oh. this is synergistic. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Well, today we've actually got a kind of, I guess you could say a plot twist for some of you all who are listening, who think that, uh, you know, it's going to be the end of the world if we record with another marketing agency, but <laughs> we don't mind here because, you know, this, this show is about providing value for our listeners and what better yeah. way uh, to provide good uh, marketing ideas and, and uh, give you inspiration on marketing than to bring on other professional marketers. So today I've got no other than Josh Smith from Scorpion with me. So Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Eric. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing just great. So Josh, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself for our listeners out there. Uh, tell them about what you do over at Scorpion and uh, yeah. your history in the industry. Absolutely. Well, uh, for those who I have not seen or have not seen my face before, my name is Josh Smith. I am the vice president of marketing for the home services division specifically over at Scorpion. So if you're not familiar with the logo, there it is right there. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been, at, I've been at Scorpion for, gosh, coming up on coming up on nine years. Um, and I've been all over the space. I started off as a marketing manager, ultimately running a lot of the marketing accounts for our clients. And then when we ultimately verticalized, I was put in charge of running the home services team. And we've seen some great things happen there. And we've worked with some amazing contractors. I also run the, uh, the podcast that's sponsored by Scorpion, which is the Sharpest Tool podcast. So no stranger nice. to the microphone. Looking forward to uh, sharing some of the whatever knowledge I can share to help ultimately for that. And I love that you do that too, by the way, Eric, you know, not shying away from convert, you know, conversating with other marketing companies and other people who maybe a lot of people in the industry perceive as competitors. I think it's such a, a missed opportunity to really elevate the trades as a whole. Um, and just recognizing that we all are here ultimately serving a, a bigger purpose than just ourselves as a marketing company. And it's ultimately serving everybody who's listening here, which is, uh, at the end day, that's what we want. We want the trades to be elevated as an industry. So, yeah, I'm not sure where this quote came from, but it's been kind of on my mind lately. It's a uh, rising tide raises all ships or raises all boats, pretty much. I, I heard that recently when I was uh, yeah. I was talking to another agency at a conference, and they were like, "You should bring agencies on your podcast." And I was like, "Whoa, why would I do that? Like, we're an agency." And they're like, "Nah, don't worry about it. Like, it'll be fine." So I was like, "You know what? Let's do it." So yeah. We've got, you know, I'm excited to have you on today and yeah. we've actually got a few other agencies lined up in the future. So uh, stay That's tuned awesome. for that. And uh, so, yeah, Josh, it sounds like, you know, since you've been at Scorpion so long and you, you've been with them since they 
uh, verticalized into the home services space. Mm-hmm. What have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen since, I guess, getting started in the home services marketing space? Gosh, man, there's been a lot. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> the past five years, there's been more changes than the prior 15. So um, as digital technology just continues to evolve and advance, uh, there's no shortage of things that are, are happening. So like when I first came on at Scorpion, you had two primary things that you really focused on. You were aggressive with your SEO or your search engine optimization. That's helping you continue to be relevant with Google to uh, show up in the organic section, as we call it. Um, and if you were uh, you wanted to be cutting edge back then, you started engaging in pay-per-click campaigns or PPC campaigns. And Google search engine has evolved so much over the years just based off consumer preference and what ultimately consumers are looking for. You think of like near me searches and this this idea of localizing the search engine, um, that's all driven by consumers and consumer preference. So as consumers have changed their preference and how they like to transact with businesses, how they like to find the businesses that they're gonna work with, you see a natural evolution of digital marketing tactics and technology to be able to help support businesses in that effort to get in front of those customers. And so I think the biggest shift that I've seen is really probably, it's probably twofold. We've seen this massive shift towards local to really making sure that you're, you as a business are really what we call owning your backyard, right? Really making sure that you are the prominent player, the most trusted authoritative expert in your local space, in your local market for the customers that you serve and see day in and day out um, because consumers are preferring that. And then the other shift that I think that we've seen is this expansion of advertising channels. So if you think back in the day, you had your SEO, your search engine optimization that ultimately got you free leads, if you think of it that way. And then you had your pay-per-click channel. That's wildly expanded into directories offering lead uh, channels. I think a lot of directories, think of your Yelps of the world, Angie's List, Home Advisor, um, Nextdoor is out there now. You have Porch. All these things are ultimately directories that served an initial purpose of getting um, being like search engines for local businesses. And they've since recognized the power that they have in the consumer base that they had. So they're getting a bunch of people who are coming to their website looking for uh, providers. And that's an advertising opportunity for providers. And a lot of these directories have recognized that. And so they've opened up advertising channels that didn't exist prior. And so now it becomes this kind of complex puzzle for a business owner where you got to kind of figure out, well, where do I put my money? Because there are so many options. It's not just throw it all in Google PPC anymore. And it's been a natural shift in progression, I think, as well, because um, PPC, uh, Google PPC operates very much like an auction. So the more competition you have uh, in that paid advertising space, uh, the more expensive that particular lead channel is. And so it's been kind of this race a little bit for business owners to be able to find which channels are producing the best results, but also at the lowest cost so we can maximize the impact that we're having um, on these particular channels. And uh, you see also Google evolving with this as well as they launched their the local service ads or LSAs. They started off being known as the HSAs when it was just home services specific. And then that's since expanded into other professional services. So they've officially dubbed it the local service ads which is a pay-per-lead program, which is very different from their pay-per-click program. Um, But there's different mechanics. There's pros and cons to each. And uh, so you just see this constantly evolving landscape of 
potential paid lead opportunities that a business owner has to navigate today. And I think those two things, local and paid advertising channels digitally are two of the biggest things that we've seen shift. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. It's, it's gotten so complex. Like, yeah. like we'll, we'll be talking to a contractor and be like, all right, so what do you, you know, what, what are you wanting to do in regards to lead generation? Like, what is your idea of, of the best way to generate leads? And they'll say, well, I want to do SEO and I want to do PPC and I want to do LSA ads and mm -hmm. I want to do, you know, this and that, and, you know, maybe some home advisor too. It's like, great. How are we going to do that? How are we going to afford that? What's your budget looking like? Because like, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And they're all, especially if you're in an area like Dallas, Los oh, Angeles, yeah. Cincinnati, uh, Miami, Phoenix, Phoenix one. <laughs> Las Vegas, you go to these markets where if you hit Google ads with a $1,500 budget, you're going to get eaten up and spit out. And, yeah. uh, and so for the contractors out there who maybe have a, a smaller budget, say, you know, they're not, you know, a $30 million behemoth company with uh, 15 to $20,000 to spend yeah. in Google each month. What would you recommend for them uh, as a best first step in getting more leads online? Gosh, you know, that's, it's a great question. It's one that so many business owners have. I mean, our, our, um, our sales team and our, our client development team, we encounter this all the time. And, and the interesting piece about that to consider too, is it's a constantly moving target for a business owner. I think there's a few things you got to consider though, as an HVAC contractor, you have to first consider um, HVAC contractor, plumber, this opens to any business that you're in. What stage of business are you in? That's the first thing I would ask myself. What stage of business are you in? Um, because a startup is going to have very different needs than somebody who's seasoned and in, who's running a $10 million operation. So the stage of the business that you're in is really going to be a first step to understanding where you need to index your investment pool. The second thing that I would say um, that you want to consider is what ultimately are your goals that you're setting out to achieve? Now, everybody would love to double down their revenue and grow 100% over the course of a year, right? But is that realistic? Do you have the infrastructure in place and the processes in place in order to make that happen? Are you tracking the metrics properly that ultimately are those levers that you can pull? And you know, if you pull that lever, it's going to expand your revenue the way that it needs to. That's a really important thing to think about and consider. Because if you go back to the stages of a business, just think about this for a minute. You're a brand new business owner. Um, you don't have a team yet. You don't, may, Maybe you have a tech, maybe you don't. Maybe you have an apprentice, maybe you don't. Maybe you're still in the truck, right? And you're running that bit. And your pressure point, your pain point is really going to be, I just, I need leads. I need people that I can talk to, transact with, so on and so forth. Well, you're going to grow that. You're going to start adding little players to your team, but then you're going to get to a point and every leader does this. Every leader gets to this point where you have to lead this team now and you got to get this team operating at a level of efficiency to be able to make the business have a repeatable experience for the customers. And so you're faced with this dilemma because something that you've done really well, you now have to translate that over to your team to give that same repeatable experience to your customers. So you now have to establish your standard operating procedures, your processes, your phone scripts, and so on and so forth. You're going to have to start tracking metrics that you weren't tracking prior, right? And then on top of that, your customer base is going to uh, be engaging with you at a different clip. As you become more well-known, you're more exposed to competitors. So competitors are going to start 
engaging your space to try and, you know, usurp some of the traffic from the brand equity that you're building. So it's a really important piece to consider as well. Um, but those different stages, I think, are vital to start off with first off. So when you're a small truck owner in a truck, you're probably going to want to look to, okay, what's going to get me the leads the quickest? I just need what's the cheapest lead I can get that's got the best quality so I can have the best opportunity to convert it, right? So for somebody who's in that position, local service ads is a really great opportunity for that. It's got a wide user base. It's backed by Google's guarantee. So it's they're cheap, cheaper than pay-per-click advertising. It's probably going to be the biggest bang for your buck when it comes to that. Now, over time, you're going to be developing an experience, right? Your ex experience that your customers want to talk about. So it's equally as important for you to build a reputation. So I think making sure you have strong reputation tools in place so that way you have the ability to continue to follow up with customers, reach out to customers to get reviews on different channels, primarily focusing on things like your GMB or Google My Business, um, which translates over into your local service ads reputation. So that's a big conversion factor. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen data, Eric, where if you have a strong reputation, say four stars or better, you will see conversion rates of leads two times as much compared to those who have less than a four-star rating. Wow. The data is pretty nuts when you look at it from that perspective, showing reputation matters. Nine out of 10 people are looking to reputation before they make a purchase decision. And that's just standard industry data to have. So reputation is wildly important and we see it backed in the data. So that could be a good first move. The second move though, if you're more in that mid-tier of a business, you have this balancing act that you have to have where you have to balance your desire to get new acquisitions, new clients to work with, with also taking care of the ones that you have, because the ones that you have are your current, they're your megaphone, right? Of the experience that you provide to the wider market. On top of that, they're the ones that also you already have a relationship with, and they're mm -hmm. going to have future needs and future opportunities. So making sure you have tools in place to bring in repeat business, which will lead to referrals, that's going to be a good thing to focus on as well. So making sure you're balancing your budget and things like LSAs, paid search advertising, but also email marketing and potentially postcards. Make sure you're continuing to expose yourself to the customers you're already working with. So those might be two first moves I'd make, but always coupling that with making sure you understand the stage that your business is in. Absolutely. Now on the flip side of that, yeah. what, what would you say would be kind of a, a detrimental or a bad first decision to make when getting into marketing as a new business owner? Man, that is a good question. That's <laughs> one of my favorite questions actually to ask because uh, and actually answer for a lot of business owners because most aren't thinking about this, right? Most aren't thinking about this. Now, again, back to the stages, your brand new business, this may not apply yet, but it will in the future. But one of the biggest mistakes that I see businesses make is thinking that marketing is going to solve everything thinking that marketing is going to solve everything. Well, if I put money into marketing, leads are going to flow in. And I just have this, in a sense, inflated view of the experience I give customers. That um, that means the no matter what I put in marketing, I'm going to see a specific return, a 10x return, a 5x return, whatever the case might be. And so the first mistake that people make is thinking that and what they often don't have is they don't have strong tracking metrics in place to be able to understand what happens after that phone call gets placed. It's important to have good phone calls. It's important to have the right, um, you know, the right balance of like the quality of the call and also the volume of the calls, right? So that's one thing on that's a marketing piece. 
But once that piece gets handled, that phone calls in, what's happening on the phone? I've seen businesses who think that everything's bundled up and packaged well, but their CSRs are turning away high quality leads um, mm -hmm. for one reason or another. Maybe the CSR is disengaged. Maybe they don't really understand the booking flow. Maybe they um, are just lazy. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. But I've seen it happen and business owners are often shocked because they think they have a really buttoned up process, but they haven't taken the time to assess the data and look at the metrics of what's actually happening. So, and when you start looking at that, those are those levers that you can pull that make your marketing that much more impactful. Because if you have a CSR conversion rate that's averaging about 30 to 40%, just imagine if you had a buttoned up script and a dialed in process that allowed those CSRs to convert at 60 to 70%. You don't have to spend a dime more in marketing to dramatically improve the chances of you increasing your bottom line revenue. So I think uh, the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes I see in, um, see people make is thinking that marketing is going to solve everything and ignoring putting proper data metrics in place to be able to understand that there are really three points of conversion, taking that click and turning it into a call, taking that call and turning it into appointment and taking that appointment and ultimately turning it into revenue. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great way to look at it. And, and it, it's, it seems as if a lot of not just contractors, but business owners in general, you know, if, if their marketing, you know, their marketing could be working and it could be, you know, fabulous. But like you said, the CSRs could be dropping the ball saying that they're unbookable appointments, even though they're not. It could be, um, uh, you know, a variety of things. But it seems, though, that whenever it doesn't, you know, these other things, these other levers aren't, you know, operating correctly, it falls back onto, well, my marketing sucks. It's not <laughs> working. Yeah. And so how, I mean, how, how do you advise business owners to identify these pain points or uh, like to say it is a CSR issue? Like how would you go about identifying this? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, this is such a tough one, Eric. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts too on how you guys have dealt with this too, because so many business owners have been burned in the past. Right. And to be fair, there's a lot of players in our industry. Um, you know, I'm not not to name names or anything, but there's a lot mm -hmm. of players in our industry that they're not they're not taking that next step of really removing some of that pressure from a business owner. And that's turned into a poor experience because it it manifests itself in things like, well, my marketing company's taking credit for things that they shouldn't be taking credit for. Um, and that's just it's it's never the goal of a marketing company to try and take credit for something they're not taking uh, they're they shouldn't be taking credit for. Um, and I think one of the best approaches that you can have is just really taking a step back and looking at the thing holistically. And that's a stronger challenge because in order mm -hmm. to do that as a marketing company, you have to intimately know your business owners that you're working with. You got to intimately know their business structure, how their operation works, so you can properly put light into these different areas. And that comes with needing a strong relationship um, with the owner of the business. And I know this yeah. gets challenging with bigger operations. Sometimes the owner's a bit more removed. They just are more passive owners and they have people in place that they want to really empower to run this. Mm -hmm. um, but that openness and that honesty in terms of sharing data between your marketing company and, uh, and the data that you have internally, having an openness, a conversation of just setting the stage too of like, we're going to have these tough conversations because sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes um, there are other things at play that are making it appear like marketing isn't working, but there's other yeah. things that we can do to help 
um, improve the operation as a whole, which is going to help improve the bottom line. This is what coaching groups exist for groups like Nextstar, SGI, mm-hmm. Service Nation. These companies work with business owners to make sure they have all the proper steps in place to ultimately turn money into revenue. Everybody often looks at marketing and thinks like, well, if I pour money in, I should automatically get a 10x return. No question. It's like you're dealing with, first of all, consumers and a marketing company in some sense is like a middleman. Mm -hmm. We're trying to ultimately, the ultimate objective of marketing is to get a business in front of the right customer at the right place at the right time with the right message. That's going to increase the, give them the highest possibility of getting a phone call. But that phone call doesn't mean like that phone calls there and all of a sudden somebody's literally picking up the phone to pay you money. Yeah. <laughs> there is still an experience that you have to provide. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're not constantly working to innovate that experience, understanding from a business, if you now get into the business owner mindset of an HVAC company, somebody who's running an HVAC company, if you as an owner don't intimately know the needs and the dynamics of your, your customers, and what their preferences are, how they prefer to communicate with you, how they prefer to do business with you, how how they prefer to search online. Um, these are all things that you really need to understand so you can continuously iterate and maximize the experience that you're providing your customers. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious from your perspective, Eric, how, how do you guys, how have you seen that that play out? Yeah, so there's, I mean, one thing is I, I, call tracking is a huge thing yeah. uh, for us. It's just like if we, if they don't already have it in place, something like call rail or yeah. just something simple that we can implement on our end. Cause call rail is relatively inexpensive for us to set up and um, for anyone to set up really. And if you're getting, or if we get, you know, the leads have been really bad. Well, okay, let's go listen to these phone calls and yep. find out, Oh, that lead wasn't bad. You're, you know, the CSR didn't answer the phone or yeah, they didn't, you know, they didn't ask these questions, which, you know, immediately turns into, unfortunately can turn into a finger pointing contest, but it it helps be able to find out like, okay, what's actually happening. Are the leads really bad? Okay. Yeah. The leads, those leads were bogus. Let's change, you know, this ad copy, let's change this targeting. Let's change something here. Um, Another thing that that I've done in the past is um, I'll be a secret shopper and I'll go on the website and I'll fill out a contact form, fill out the chat widget, call the office and I'll see what the experience is like for me. And uh, especially with like contact forms and chats, because yeah. like with, if you call, then like they answer, then you're like, oh, crap, it's it's me. Um, <laughs> but like so one time we you know, one time we had a client who they were saying, oh, the marketing is not working for us. And I'm like, dang, that's yeah. crazy. Let me see what this, let me see what this experience is like from a consumer side. So I went on there and was like, the water heater is uh, ruptured. I need an estimate for a new one. And I never, it took nine days for someone from the company to respond back. And I just, I took that and I was like, you know, cause you, I had this close relationship with the owner yeah. of the business. I was able to say, look, it took your company nine days to reach back out to me. And I told him my water heater was ruptured. And what about, I mean, how many other people has that happened to? Mm-hmm. Well, then they were like, oh crap. So then they looked into some solutions for, you know, speed to lead stuff like, you know, automated responses to contact forms and chats and all that stuff that can kind of help be some form of automated middleman. Yeah. And, uh, they turned around and grew 40% that, that same year, uh, no additional marketing spend, but just yep. by fixing the, the yeah. booking and dispatch process. A hundred percent. You hit on something really interesting. Two things. First off, 
the you know, same thing relationship with the owner like that relationship is so key and there has to be a level of trust like if you're if you're constantly waiting for your marketing team to screw up it's like look everybody's human here marketing companies are human too and there's going to be little things that people screw up with but overall if there's this overarching trust that you have even implicitly you got to start with that if you if you naturally distrust anybody you work with you're always going to find something that's going to get you upset but if you can find a relationship some of the best relationships that we've worked with where companies are hitting revenue re record breaking numbers over the years those are built on going through some struggle points like some we're working together through any distrust that exists there to get to the point where you have such a strong relationship that you trust your marketing company to point things out and the marketing company can trust you to go execute on things to make changes internally where there need to be changes. And that's the only way you're, that relationship is the only way you're going to make that. Second thing you hit on that I thought was interesting is, is the technology piece. We're in a technology era. There are so many technology um, aspects out there that can really help maximize the uh the impact that your marketing is having with the business and the impact that your experience is having i think it's really important to find technology partners um whether it's the same company as your marketing company or other technology partners to really help with this tracking mm -hmm. is important can't get around that you need to have tracking having strong conversations to make sure we're um you know we're exposing some of these areas not in a negative way but just like hey let's let's picture what the impact could be if we actually take action here now yeah. on the flip side it's being honest with ourselves as marketers right eric where it's like <laughs> if there's something wrong on our end we got to take a look at that but that also yeah. comes with getting with a seasoned marketing company one that is specialized and focused because um, when you're with a seasoned marketing company they've gone through the paces with thousands of clients to ultimately figure out how to make, uh, how to produce the best quality leads. Not to say you won't get some in that are not the best quality, but overall, the vast majority of the leads that are delivered are going to be high quality. So I think those are really important pieces that you pull out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, the the technology por par portion of that all is uh, is very. It's always interesting to me because there are there are so many different tools out there for everything. And, you know, you've got stuff you could do yourself like Zapier and you've got stuff that integrates with your service Titan and stuff that integrates with House Call Pro and all these different ways to automate things. And people seem to sometimes um, overcomplicate the technology portion of it. And it's sometimes like and, and this happens. I mean, this happens even with our own company. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's create a 10 step zap that helps us organize a spreadsheet. And I was like, yeah. you get to all these, these things that are supposed to save you time and make things efficient. Yeah. And then you take a, a step back and you're like, I just spent four hours creating something that isn't even needed. Totally. Yeah. I, so <laughs> a piece of advice, everybody to like, think about when it comes to automation, it was told to me years ago and it always stuck with me. If if you want to take a look at repeatable processes, if you're doing something the same way over and over and over and over again, you should find a way to automate it because it mm -hmm. doesn't change. Right. Um, and the other thing, too, is like if you're taking a look at your internal process and you're finding a way to make it leaner, let's say, or make it cut out those non value adding steps. Right. Get getting rid of those non value added steps. It's really 
you got to really have a strong depiction of what's actually happening. We often have a tendency to automatically go to what does that future state look like without really understanding what is the current state of affairs, right? Mm -hmm. If we truly understand what's really happening today, then we can make a stronger future state versus if we just jump to the future state, we may be ignoring certain things that we need to solve for and actually create more problems down the road because we didn't solve for the fundamental basics of what's happening today. So that's something yeah. to, for us to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are, uh, we're getting close to time here. Uh, I'd like to just ask you know, a few more questions before yeah. we get going, uh, kind of more on the marketing side. So I, let's see, we're kind of going back actually towards like early business owners, early stage of business and the marketing and what, you know, what they need to do first. I was talking with a, uh, a guy that's about to go out on his own and he was like, I want to make a website. And he was like, I was hoping once I turn the website on, I'll start getting leads. And I'm like, I, I almost thought he was being sarcastic. And then I was like, Wait, and he was like, "No, seriously, like, d d like, once the website's launched, don't I just start getting phone calls?" And I was like, "Well, I, <laughs> I wish, I really wish, honestly, that that was the case because then I could just mm -hmm. say, hey, let me make you a website,' and then we're done." Uh, but I said, "Look, you, I think that especially if you want to do LSAs and you want to do all this stuff, you need to have reviews, you need to have customers, you need to have yeah. a, a referral source outside of your paid efforts." Uh, just so that you can continue to have, you know, keep the lights on. And my recommendation to him was, all right, right now, the first thing you need to do right now after we get off this phone call is go uh, set up your Google business profile, which I guess yeah. that's, the, that's the name of it now. So we got to start calling it Google business profiles. I know. Google <laughs> my business. <James>. Uh, <laughs> by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably change again. Um, yeah. So I was like, go, go get that set up right now. Get all the information filled out. I was like, then this, the, the day that you launch your business, put on your personal Facebook page, hey, I just launched a business. Contact me for all your heating, cooling, plumbing needs. Yeah. Get friends and family to book your first service. G give your friends and family a, uh, a $29 tune-up, something that they cannot get you know anywhere else. It's the mm -hmm. lowest offer, low risk type of job something where you can get in there and if you need to, you know, if something gets fudged up, then it's okay. Cause it's a friend or family member. It's kind of a yeah. low risk type of job. They'll give you the benefit of the doubt. If you mess something up while you're figuring out your process, and then you have a good source of, of reviews right up front. You can you collect 30 to 50 reviews probably in the first month from them. Yeah. So after, after he does that, his question to me was what's the next step. And so, that was a, a good question for me because I was thinking like, well, at that point, we don't really know it. You know, what does revenue look like? What does your overhead look like? Sure. What is, do you have a truck at this point? Is it wrapped? Do you have a helper at this point? And so I guess my, my, I guess my final kind of topic or question here is once someone gets past that initial hump, they've got a website, they've got a Google My Business, um, they've got a Facebook page, they've got all the stuff that they own. What, in your opinion, is just like the next must-do thing for generating yeah. business, new business, other than home advisor? Sure. Yeah. So I would say it's twofold. Um, the first thing is, the first thing is, if you are, if you have money to be able to invest in some low-cost lead channels, give it a shot. 
right? And uh, again, going back to what I said earlier, like priority of those, I think LSAs is a great opportunity to like index into. If you don't, I think there's other grassroots way that you can acquire new business. And it's going to be through relationship building with different people, going to community events. If you have business cards, handing them out, talk to people, get in the community, get people to know who you are, what you do. Like, so there's a grassroots effort here that you, you can't ignore. Get, go to some local home and garden shows, right? Um, start canvassing, door knocking, just introducing yourself to people in the community. If you've identified Maybe you've identified if you're an HVAC contractor, you've identified some older, you know where the older homes in the community are where the HVAC units are probably phasing out. It could be a great opportunity to start door knocking and just offering free HVAC unit inspections. Um, so think about things like that that are small lifts on your end and small lifts on your end, but they can have a big impact to get you in the home. One of the biggest challenges for um, a business owner is to get in the house. A lot of them, a lot of business owners are really good once they're in the house and they can share their expertise. You're building relationships. Like home services is a relationship-oriented business. Mm -hmm. And so you have to find ways to put yourself into a space where you're building relationships with people in the community. You provide a good experience here and get a good review. It turns into something. You start running, you know, even, you know, hey, refer a friend to me and you get, you know, 50 bucks off your next service or whatever it is, little things like that. Start thinking in one step at a time, just taking care of one customer at a time. It can be so overwhelming. Think about how do I get to that hundredth customer? Start with one, get, go to one first, then go to the next one and go to the next one. And every time you go to a house, one of the things that a lot of successful business owners will do is every house, especially in the beginning that you go to, um, where you're doing a job after the job, go door knock five to the right, five to the left introduce yourself, hand out a business card. Hey, I just uh, did some work for Jane down the road. I just want to introduce myself to the community. I'm a da da da, right? These grassroots efforts go a long way and they allow mm -hmm. you to be, have some FaceTime to build some personal connection with customers. I think that's probably one of the cleanest ways to go about acquiring new business without spending tons of money. It's just time. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, th I think that's, is a great idea. I mean, putting even a yard sign up in someone's yeah. yard and asking them, okay, can I put a yard sign in your yard when I'm finished here? Because there is, you know, there's a lot of keeping up with the Joneses in all that stuff. And you put yeah. a yard sign up in someone's yard. And I know this because this happened at our house. We put a yard sign out after we got our system replaced. And probably for the next two months, maybe once a week, I would see there was a company here installing a system for someone else because it, yeah. They, people see it and they start thinking about it and they're like, Oh, totally. they got it. Yeah. So cool. Well, Josh, is there anything that you think I might've missed that you wanted to hit on or you think that we could uh, talk about for our listeners? Oh man, there's so much you could dive into. I think, uh, I think, yeah, if questions spawn from this, like drop them in the comments where everybody's watching. Um, it's a great opportunity for Eric to engage with them too. Um, yeah. Aside from that, I think those are the biggest things, man. It's, it's really going to be getting FaceTime with the customers and uh, as you continue to evolve the business, finding strong technology and marketing partners to help you guide you along the way. So for a lot of business owners, marketing is not second nature to them. And mm -hmm. so you really need to leverage and index yourself into having strong relationships with, with uh, marketing and technology providers that have the ability to help guide you. 
um, and, and lift a hand in that. And I think there's a lot of power that comes from that to be able to leverage the expertise of others. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, Josh, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, uh, to join me on the podcast and, uh, for all of our listeners out there, I hope you have a, uh, incredibly safe and blessed Thanksgiving. It's probably Tuesday when you're listening to this. So you're a couple of days away. So, Hopefully you're able to step away from, from the, the office or from the job site or wherever you're at, step away for a day or so and, and spend some quality time with the, the friends and family and uh, eat some good food and watch some football. So Josh, thanks again for joining me. Of course, Eric. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, Contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.